Welcome to NREI's Common Area Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning editorial staff at nreionline.com. Let's jump right into this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Common Area with your host, David Bodemer. Good morning, David. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm excited. I hear we have a guest on the show. Can I introduce him real quick? Yes, that would be great. Fantastic. All right. So our guest today is, or I should say David's guest today is Kevin Weyer, and he is the president of JLL's public sector and higher education business. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, Eric and David. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm I'm just going to sit back and learn from you guys. David does a great job of bringing out the best in every guest, so get to it. All right. Actually, I mean, I've you know, worked with JLL on many people over the years, talked to over the years, but I've never actually talked with this group. So I'm kind of curious. It's, it's not really an area that we've written much about. So I was wondering if you could just start by giving some background on what your group does at JLL. Sure, David. Thanks for having me on. We saw a unique opportunity to focus in on industries um, many years back. And one of those uh, industry sectors uh, was our government and higher education space. Fair amount of of unique uh, cultural aspects, business aspects uh, to both the government and higher education, and really saw an opportunity to bring the wealth of services, whether they're transactional, facilities management, public-private partnerships, uh, technology, solutions to this specific sector. And um, we've had a a great deal of success uh, helping clients uh, realize their goals and visions to to define their space needs, campus needs, and overall objectives around uh, managing real estate portfolios. With universities in particular, what are some of the ways, you know, as, as you've gone in and as you've worked with these, you know, different groups across the country, what are some of the ways that that you find they can f- find savings or efficiencies in how they're managing their, their properties and facilities? Yeah, sure. Working with universities is 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 always fun. It's it's enjoyable to get back to college campuses, but the real estate assets at those college campuses have just grown immensely. And, and those portfolio needs around those assets is something that, that universities, um, in particular in today's market, um, mm-hmm. shines an even brighter light, but, but something they've been dealing with, whether it's um, unique ways to deliver development projects um, mm-hmm. through P3 partnerships or creative design build contracting mechanisms, whether it's looking at their portfolios and determining what should be owned and what should be leased and, and when to execute on, on each of those strategies in their markets or in their expansion plans. Additionally, you know, their, their, work, their workplace management systems and, and overseeing their asset operations and expenses and driving efficiency in those expenses, whether it's looking at their capital programming and capital improvement plans, really managing those and the business cases around those through technology systems, as well as uh, really solid financial planning and, and business case analysis. All of those are areas that we get called upon to support universities in, in their various initiatives. And really, it's, it's something that from the East Coast to West Coast has, has been fairly, fairly prevalent. 
The other thing I'd add for you, David, is just product type wise, whether it's student housing, whether it's mm -hmm. academic space, whether it's on-campus hotels, um, whether it's town gown mixed use projects, you know, that could invite or include uh, residential, uh, retail, office space, sporting lab space. Um, those are all areas that from an investment market is, is something that um, the universities, you know, will, will definitely partner with the private sector to help deliver. Are there particularities about working with universities that are, um, are different than working with other kinds of clients when managing their real estate? You know, what I would say about universities is, is the mission is key, right? And, and from the systems, if they're big public state university systems, down through the chancellors, and ultimately to, to the president and down to each of, of the deans, the mission of academics drives. And so the ability to attract top professor talent, um, top talent, obviously, in uh, their students uh, that they select to, to come to their campus and the, the recruiting process around that. And then the third you know, leg of that stool is really the alumni network and ensuring that, that development outreach to the alumni and that, that the campus itself is something that, that really suits the alumni to, to want to give and, and continue to promote that which they, they were part of. And so all of those items really drive what the universities want to do and how they view real estate as something that is, um, that is a, a marketing tool as well as the occupancy tool, right, for each of those stakeholder groups to really deliver their, their services to, to the university or college. So can you talk a little bit too about like a university reaches out and brings your group in. What does that process look like? What, what, do you, what, what are the steps then that you take as you go in and, and start to assess and then come up with recommendations? To bring JLL into that process um, is often uh, in the public setting, you know, a public procurement um, mm -hmm. in a private setting, you know, can be a bit more negotiated. But, but once we're in, you know, these universities are really strong demand centers from a population, from, a, from an occupancy standpoint. And so to attract private sector capital, uh, development expertise, or even operations implementation programs, there are a lot of folks who want to participate in the university market because of that, that strong demand component. And so that is something that our job is really to serve as the advisor to the university um, on those types of projects and help be the Rosetta Stone between the university's mission and needs and what the private sector can bring to the table. The second area is that we will also um, help with the implementation services around large scale enterprise management systems at universities to help manage data, um, help analyze that data and help come up with implementation strategies um, around that data um, through their technology needs. And then lastly, uh, for the outsourcing of facilities management, we, we, we have a division that provides facility management services into that university market. And it's a market that continues to grow. 
um, especially in uh, a COVID situation like we're in now, um, where there's a desire to increase service delivery, but also uh, reduce costs in that process. And so the conversations around how best to do that are, 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 are definitely uh, increasing in nature uh, as we work through those discussions. But, but it's, again, it's, it's really in each of those areas that, that we serve and really serve on behalf of those institutions to meet their mission needs. I want to come back to some of the COVID thing uh, questions in, in, in a second, but one other thing just, just coming off of some of the things you're saying is, are there situations where you come in and, and you look at the university's assets or in, and, and something, look at the campus or some of the, the buildings they might have, and are there times, I think you did mention this though, about like, you know, there might be situations where it makes more sense to lease or for them to, to not necessarily own the assets. And are there particular building types or uses that, that generally make more sense to try to, for, for the university is to, to sell and be a tenant of rather than own and run top to bottom? Yeah, it's a great, great question, David. I, I think it, it, it includes a number of different facets. It includes the, the capitalization situation of that university and the balance sheet situation of that university. It depends on the location, you know, whether you're urban or rural. Um, it certainly depends on the use um, and the ability to, to pay for that use. But in all of those cases, you know, there is an underlying theme that you know the university's objective is to be be around for you know many of these universities have been around for for hundreds of years and so um, their desire is on a time frame that that's much longer um, than your your practical lease uh, okay. per se and so that that belies a lot of, of a lot of the discussion and analysis that goes into take um, and that we will often you know take into account for each of those factors to come up with a solution that again meets the university's needs for whatever the product is or the locational need is, and it's it's a complex process, which uh, which makes it all the more interesting and and all the more of an opportunity to participate in. And on the other side, are there do you find that there are particular kinds of investor types that are looking to be in these you know public private partnerships that that want I don't know if there is an answer to that question, but I'm you know, curious. It's like, you know, like if it's high net worth or institutions or, or if there is a specific kind of real estate investor that's like, yeah, like I want to be associated with the university. I want to invest in this kind of real estate or, you know, whatnot. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, um, as I mentioned earlier, the, these demand centers, um, whether they're transportation nodes or, or government enclaves, or in this case, um, university settings, uh, because they they just promote economic activity. And so, when there's economic activity, as as you know, uh, there is always a ready and willing investor uh, base um, to participate mm-hmm. and provide capital um, into good opportunities. And so, we have seen um, we have seen many if not all of the players in the market for deals that that we've looked at um you know obviously on the high net worth side donors are always a significant component of 
of the university space. And so, you know, many buildings get built, you know, solely on a, a single donor. Um, but but working away from there to, to more classic real invest real estate investor players, that that is a market that um, again capital is often not an issue in attracting to any of the deals that, that we've advised on. And it, it's really about structuring the deal to make uh, the most sense for that university um, while making sure that you optimize the financing costs in the private sector market as well. I'm going to touch on this a little bit, but we are at this sort of, that's, I think you've given this great backdrop for what your practice does and what some of these opportunities are. We are at this now, obviously, extraordinary moment of, of COVID-19. At this point, it sounds, it seems like some, like I think Cal, Cal State just announced in the past couple of days that they're not going to bring students back for the fall. And I guess this is undoubtedly a question that's happening across the country. So what does this kind of moment mean for for facilities management and real estate operations on campus for both, you know, the short term of the upcoming semesters and then longer term at when students do eventually, you know, come back? Because I, I don't, you know, it doesn't seem, you know, at some point they're going to have to, universities are going to have to have students there again. Yeah, no, I, I think um, we've all used the phrase, well, well, that'll never happen. And here we are in the, in the middle of, uh, of something that, um, that is unparalleled in, in nature and, and something that, um, you know, is obviously affecting uh, the university market, uh, not only from the standpoint of reduction in revenues, and those revenues are not only tuition, they're housing revenues and, and ancillary fee revenues um, at those institutions, um, but then also on the cost side and the ability to, to manage you know, the costs that are inherently in, inside the university itself. And those could be in the form of debt. They can be in the form of operational costs. And so each of these universities, well, the one other thing I would add is just term, right? We, we don't know what the term um, on this situation is going to be. Is it just right. the spring semester? We know that it's affected the summer at most institutions, if not all, um, by the end of the summer. Uh, as far as summer programs, and that's another revenue, uh, key revenue opportunities at these universities. Um, and then obviously the fall, and there's a lot of time being spent on the re-entry discussion for this fall. And how do universities plan agilely from, you know, a 100% remote working in, or learning environment to a 50-50 to perhaps it'll be all on campus. And, and in all of those cases, you know, you work through social distancing discussions, wayfinding discussions. Um, what's the HVAC systems situation in these campus buildings? What is the habitation environment within the student housing complex itself? And that's that can be a single building or it can be um, the overall complex for that university. Um, what is the situation on um, co-living versus, you know, putting a single student in each room to what, what is the space overflow? Should you need quarantine in the future or perhaps you know, want to continue to promote uh, distancing within, again, that habitation environment? So um, you've got a lot of different factors, um, even beyond the academic component, which, which these universities you know, are really grappling with first and foremost. 
you know, the nice thing has been that, that really that perfection of the online learning platform has, has expedited, you know, over the last two or three months while folks have, have been in quarantine, which is terrific. It gives optionality to the discussion. But that we are we are getting we are fielding a number of calls and have been engaged to help clients think through what are those asset components and campus components that can contribute to a safe and healthy environment for again the 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 academic community the student population as well as you know the families and, and alumni that that come through campus and. That is that is first and foremost, I think, in everyone's minds, and and figuring out how to educate is a component of that. So, you know, it's it's been quite remarkable to see the mobilization around that. You know, in many ways, it was much easier to shut off the system um, than it is to to restart it um, without a a medical solution in place. Oh yeah, so, so I mean, it just seems like. For your group in particular, there's just a lot to. We didn't even talk on, on touch on some of the other other parts of your group. We're just talking about this higher education piece. What is kind of like the the you know, your week to week day to day workflow look like right now in terms of like having these conversations with your clients and managing your team and and doing all this? Yeah, let's let's put it this way. I, I think the work from home model uh, for our team has been one of twenty four seven of mm-hmm. late. There has, uh, there, you know, our clients are, are in a place, you know, dealing with temporary medical facilities. You know, if, if you're in the state and, and local government community um, to setting up uh, testing sites um, to navigating, you know, their, their own in-house employee base. Um, obviously, we've touched on a fair amount of, of that education market as well. But it is it is something that I think everybody is is working to 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 really manage through. Um, so we have been we've been extremely busy um, helping clients with with some very serious matters dealing with you know the health and well-being of, of their employee base or or their uh, their market base in the case of higher ed. And so you know we take that very seriously, and it's something that. Um, you know, we're fortunate that as a firm, we have invested a lot um, into our facilities capabilities, um, our ability to analyze portfolios and transact, right, to reduce costs in an expedited manner, as well as drive technology solutions that can help optimize portfolios that are in place and, and all the aspects of that. So we have we've been we've been fortunate that, um, you know, we've, we've been able to to really, you know, stay busy with, with helping clients through some very serious matters across the country. Yeah, it's definitely been, there's no other word for it. This whole situation has just been so surreal. I think it's been, I started working remotely March 8th or so. So it's been over two months now since of barely leaving um, a Brooklyn apartment. So that's, you know, a little small. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I think I was around the same date you were. I was right around that eighth or ninth date there. I would not have called myself facile with, with Zoom or, or WebEx um, or any of the online tools, uh, but um, I, I think we've all uh, perfected the models. And, and actually, they've been, they've been incredibly uh, efficient um, at, at working through, through processes. And, and obviously, when it comes to real estate, there's still a, 
a very heavy component that we've got teammates on the ground, um, mm. you know, in the line um, of duty, and, sure. and you know that that component we are we are just so thankful that um, we've been relatively untouched by by the virus, and 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 yet you know our our client needs have, have been met. So hats off to all those first responders and and including facility managers that that show up, you know, day in and day out to keep, you know, these assets safe in all of these environments, commercial, government, higher ed, and, um, and healthcare. And, and so I think that um, uh, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of folks doing, you know, a lot of hard work while, well, you know, we're learning tools that allow us to work from remote locations. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Like when we do talk about essential workers, I don't think we, we, I don't think we have taught, like, I mean, generally just reading coverage one out, we don't really think about the fact that a lot, even though a lot of buildings may be at 0% of regular occupancy, there's still got to be people there, you know, certain things can be automated and monitored, but there's also people that are like going there every day to just make sure these, you know, facilities are, are okay. Pipe, pipes still burst, yeah. uh, you know, uh, systems still break down um, and, you know, other things can happen. And so, you know, you, you've got to, you know, these are long-term investments and, and assets that, that help business move forward. And so they, they need to be taken care of for, for sure. And one more <laughs> lighthearted question. I don't know if you might know this from your position, but are we going to have a, what's college football season looking like? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, wants and desires <laughs> often differ from reality. Uh, I am not going to prognosticate on, on that one. I, I certainly hope we, uh, uh, we have, you know, sports uh, come back soon, but um, you know, I, I, again, I think uh, health will, uh, will rule the day. Um, and yes. um, and I, I think that that will play itself out in, in due time. Okay. Kevin, thank you so, so much for walking me through all of this. It was very, uh, very useful. Very, I'm very happy to, hear that the group's being busy and productive and, you know, look forward to following up. Look forward to many more conversations and uh, stay, stay healthy and uh, be well. You too. Guys, this was fantastic. Kevin, I'm so glad that you were on the show today because this is a completely different viewpoint than I think David you've ever covered, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the only, we've talked about like for-profit student housing Mm -hmm. in the past, but not this level of depth of what it actually means for university operations and and some of the expertise that that, uh, a company like JLL is bringing to the table. So this was great. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that the last time I spoke about it was before anybody even heard COVID-19, I think. So so this is a, a totally different viewpoint. Again, Kevin, thank you so much for being here. David, thank you so much for bringing him on. And audience to you, thank you so much for listening and tuning in to the Commentary Podcast with David Bodemer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when David comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at NREI, this is Eric Johnson inviting you back in two weeks for all the stories that matter to you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Common Area Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of NREI or Informa. The content has been made available for information and educational purposes only.